Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash usingyourpower. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Today, we'd like to suggest How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, Time-Tested Methods for Conquering Worry by Dale Carnegie. Welcome to Using Your Power. I'm David Andrew and joining me is... Maveen Cora. Hey, Maveen. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm great. I'm powered up for today's episode, although, you know, things are a little bit sad around the house because one of the dogs recently passed away. We've complained about the noise bleeding through the ceilings and such with dogs, and I've listened to those episodes, and they're not too bad, but, you know, uh, one of those dogs ended up passing away after 13 years. Yeah, and that was sad. You know, I know you were telling me on the phone, and, you know, I felt it. I felt the, the pain, too, because, you know, it's although I know it wasn't my pets and my dog and stuff, but coming over to your place to record and, and you know... Um, and just getting to, you know, know the dogs and, and petting them and, you know, and just talking to the dogs too, like, you know, we do all mm-hmm. the time. And you do start building that connection as well, right? I mean, um, it, it is sad, right? And I know I felt it too. And I was telling you on the phone as well when you were actually telling me, uh, you know, you can feel the pain. And it was just like, it's odd because it's not even my pet. So, yeah. you know, I, I've only ever had fish. So when fish die, you don't really feel that kind of emotional attachment as, as you do with like a, a cat or a dog, right? Yeah. And this was like a, I would say it's a pretty special dog. It's not my dog. It's my roommate's dog. But yeah, I, I think he kind of created that uh, relationship with, with everybody he came in contact with. So that's also one of the reasons why I think it's, it's, it's sad, but you know, we're, we're excited to, to bring the, today's episode to you regardless. And I think death is another topic for another future episode. Oh, for sure. You know, and, and the nice thing is we would, uh, we can even, uh, you know, um, dedicate this episode to Max the dog because, yeah. you know, uh, we are going to be talking about how to amplify your life. So, uh, you know, I think through looking at the dog's life, we can always figure out ways to amplify our own life and make it better, right? And you're right. So we can always look at how um, a death at a l- later time as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So today's topic that Mav hinted at is how to amplify the power of your mind, which could bring some pretty weird things to mind. But this is a deep thinking podcast. So we dare to go where others maybe don't. Where would you like to start with this one, Mav? You know, um, I, I came across uh, Joel Brown uh, from Addicted to Success, and he actually had a mm. David T.S. Wood um, on one of the episodes, and that's kind of what they were talking about, right? Uh, talking about ways to amplify your life. And I thought, you know, why just amplify your life only? I think you also have to amplify your mind, right? You have to grow your mind to be able to grow the life you want, right? So that's kind of why I brought it to you. I think we could dig a lot deeper uh into that topic and really help our listener understand, you know, what we're trying to portray and help help them uh, succeed in the way that we want them to. Yeah, I think when I did some searches as well, I also came across some addicted to success type things. In fact, I think there might have been one episode specifically on amplifying the power of your mind as well. But uh, I came across an article on life hacks. So I want to go through their their 10 points. The article is called 10 simple ways to increase your brain power. And I'm maybe going to add a few of my own thoughts and ideas to to each of these as well. Number one was to do something new. And I, I think that is a great suggestion. We can end up getting into a routine. You know, we had the episode on comfort, contentment, and complacency. So 
if you do much too much of the same things, all it really does is reinforce existing neural pathways that you already have, you know, established in your brain. And not doing something new may not create that excitement or enthusiasm for for something that that you would like to try, or maybe it's not even something that you want to try so much as something you're scared of. So you go out and give it a try anyway. And then in that way, doing something new could probably stretch your mind too. What do you think? I think that's a great idea, you know, and if you do that, that activity with somebody else as well, it takes away some of that fear as well, right, from just doing it yourself, right? I know um, if you were going to go, say, for example, jump out of a plane, you're not going to do it yourself anyways, you know, typically you're going tandem, right? So try something new and try it with somebody. Take a friend that's, you know, afraid to try that that same activity right and and uh, then you start building those experiences with different people and and start creating a the life that you really want that's great number two they had was exercise regularly i think that's pretty self-explanatory i have a buddy that said he's gotten a lot more clarity of mind and he's enjoyed the benefits of that from exercising that's great i've experienced similar results in the last three four weeks despite being quite preoccupied with with various work and to-do items that i've had to do uh, I've still somehow managed to, you know, do well on less sleep and have more clarity of mind and have more energy and feel better. So those are some of the benefits for sure of not just exercising regularly, although I think they touched this later, such things like eating well as well. Right on. No, I got nothing to add to that one. That's excellent. Cool. Three was train your memory. I think there are various ways. I mean, I remember my grandpa asking this once, like, how do you, how do you hold on to your memory if you, if, you know, if that's what you want to do in life? And I think reading books and doing things with your non-dominant hand, I think that's something I might bring up in a little more detail later on. Yeah, learning to play an instrument, doing some creative work, things like that, I think can, can train and improve your memory. No, I got a, an idea is if you look at a photo, you know, stare at it maybe for 30 seconds and then flip over the photo and then try to recall every single detail that was in that uh, photo from mm. memory only, right? So it's, a, it's an interesting, interesting way to kind of train your, 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 your thinking and connect it to your mind as well as when you start writing those things down, you'll actually start thinking of more things as well. So that's just an idea. Yeah, so like quizzing yourself, that's cool. Number four is be curious, which makes a lot of sense. It's just about you know, exploring things in a little more detail and, and stop, you know, making assumptions about knowing everything because none of us can know everything. But sometimes when we go in to things, even in business or freelancing or work, if we go into things thinking that we know everything, then we might make costly mistakes. Yeah, you know, and one of the most uh, knowledgeable sales managers I ever had uh, working in the home industry, he told me ABC, you know, it wasn't always be closing, it was always be curious. So absolutely yes. agreed. Great. Number five was think positively, which is kind of a funny suggestion, right? You know, negative thoughts come into our mind. It's kind of human nature. But the part that does make sense to me is like when you're in that excited state or when you're, you know, in that positive state and, and feeling good about life, you know, more ideas tend to come to you and you can think more clearly. Yeah, no, that's very true, right? The more positive you think and the more positive association you have as well, right? I mean, ideas flow from that as well. Six is eat well. I don't think we need to say too much about that. Just make sure you're eating stuff that, you know, supports your body and the nutrients and everything else that, that you need. Number seven is read books. Kind of made that suggestion already. In fact, we always talk about books here on Using Your Power if you haven't picked up on that already. So we completely believe in that. Eight is is get enough sleep. Also a subject we've covered in some detail here on the show, especially with regards to hustle and people not sleeping enough. 
And really that can be the cause for early onset of disease, stress, anxiety disorders, depression, all kinds of things that can go wrong if you're not getting enough sleep. No, I agree, right? And, and I'm going to go into a little bit more of that in uh, one of my points in a little bit here too. Perfect. Number nine was use your internal positioning system, not your global positioning system. I actually retitled that to suit my own intentions there. But, you know, uh, instead of relying on your GPS to figure out, you know, where you're going on the road, using your mind and your memory to think about, oh, yes, I'm headed to my friend's house and that friend's house is located here. And I need to take these specific turns to get there instead of kind of just going on autopilot when you're on the road. You know, it's funny that you say that because, the, you know, the other side of that is uh, you always hear about, uh, you know, the guy driving and the lady in the driver's seat and the guy's <laughs> lost and he still kind of keeps driving in circles, right? He Eventually, I think you got to look at a map. There is that <laughs> for I sure. I do get what you're saying. Yeah, I think it's it's <laughs> partly just about planning out your course in, in advance. Not, That's right. Yeah, n- yep. not just improvising, of course, but that that is an interesting tip to be sure. And then number 10 was sort of, you know, just stop using calculators instead of do calculations in your mind, which, you know, some calculations are pretty hard to do. And it's true that like math is not necessarily a skill that we use every single day in in case you're working in certain jobs, but then it's much more complex math than one plus one usually. So that's a whole other thing. But in general, I agree. If you can do it in your head, then do it in your head. Yeah, no, I like that idea too, because, you know, even if you're doing the calculation in your head, you don't have to get the the exact answer that you're looking for. You know, if you go to a store, for example, and you're trying to figure out what a 30% discount on, on $199 is as an example, right? You know, you can come close to the answer. You don't need to be exact. So when you go to the till yeah. and, and you're making a purchase, you know, if, if it's not what you thought it was going to be, you can then maybe question, right? Say, hey, you know, I thought it was going to be this price instead. And, you know, how come it's more, right? And then they can tell you as well. That was something I've I've done a few times before, especially if I felt I was financially stretched. I would just kind of add up every grocery item as I'd be walking through the store and then arrive at the counter more or less with the exact or pretty close within a range of a few dollars of what I thought it was going to be. So that can work pretty well. What's your first point there, Matt? My first point was brainstorming ideas. You know, and the reason I picked this one is because it's kind of how me and you met. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was a kind of a great way. And, and and when we met, the idea was to get together and really think of different ideas. One was just in your business initially, right? Because I hadn't actually started my own blog website at that time. We hadn't had this podcast in place at the time. So yeah. it was really just kind of me working with you, learning kind of, okay, what do I need to do to get the um, my side of the business started up? And, you know, we're looking at what you were doing. I said, you know what, maybe I can give you some tips and pointers. And we kind of brainstormed ideas, thought about why it made sense, why it didn't make sense. Now, long since then, we've definitely, you've made some changes to your website uh, from what we initially had talked about. But I know those steps that we had taken uh, were definitely great steps to take you in the direction that um, you are now obviously going, right? Yeah, it was super helpful. And it was really great going through that process and getting an outside perspective and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to tie that in with my point on on masterminding because we're really talking about something similar there. You know, when Napoleon Hill actually proposed this, like we we just refer to any group gathering as masterminding and in a way that totally is the case. But he was talking also about imagining masterminds in your mind, you know, creating like a room full of people in your in your mind's eye that you respect and would love to get counsel from. And then, 
talking to them as if they would give you a response. And it's amazing. Like I've tried that process and it, and it works pretty well. So it's, it's really about, you know, multiple minds coming together. And I, I think it's not just like thinking casually, but thinking intensely and adding emotion to and visualizing the finished outcome that you desire. You know, and I like the idea of masterminding and brainstorming. Uh, they can work separately and they can work together as well, yes. right? I know sometimes we think uh, brainstorming, you know, when I think brainstorming, I think maybe sitting down by myself, really sitting down and thinking of ideas, uh, you know, based on whatever my goals are or whatever I'm looking to achieve, right? And think, uh, you know, like one of the things we were talking about was doing things outside the box, right? So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go listen to that one, uh, you know, but and then taking those ideas and then taking it to your mastermind group and say, hey, look, these are the 10 ideas I came up with and getting them to brainstorm with you. You know, sometimes reviewing those ideas and really tearing those ideas up and down, inside and out, and helping you find a better way to do what you thought was great, right? I mean, I think that's what a, a mastermind is supposed to be there for, is to really help you achieve the next level, right? Not just kind of glide along yes. uh, as you would do by yourself, right? So that's kind of my thoughts on that as well. It's a lot like James Altucher and his method of coming up with 10 new ideas every single day. That's really great. And I've tried that for quite a while. I think I did it for maybe not quite a year, but nine months or something like that. Also having whiteboarding sessions. So just drawing things out on a whiteboard. That's why it's one of the best business tools there is because you can just get idea after idea after idea down on it. And you don't have to, I mean, you can just take a snap a photo of it with your cell phone these days and then erase everything that's on the whiteboard and start fresh all over again so that your your mind's not all cluttered up. So it, it, it's a really great business tool. Right. And even, you know, sitting down and um, listening to podcasts and reading books and taking notes, right? That's another way of brainstorming as well. And again, you know, we, we, that's one of the 10 simple ways to increase your brain power, according to the article that we just kind of reviewed at the starting, right, was yeah. reading books. And if you, t- if you take those notes and then expand the ideas of those notes, right, you can really understand, right? I know we don't want to necessarily always reinvent the wheel, but you can make the wheel better, right? Or make your business and the process is much better than what you're doing today, right? So you just have to kind of look at what you're doing, look at each step of the process, and find the, the you know the least uh, amount of work you can do to make that step and that process much better, right? Well, that's exactly right. Let's say, for example, that you know you're five years into your business, you have ten employees, but you seem to be working more than ever, not less, and you're spending more hours than you ever did before in your business. Of course, there's a way to make it more efficient, and of course, there's reasons why it's bottlenecking. Maybe you don't have systems. Maybe you don't have software in place. Maybe you don't actually have the resources to be able to invest in those things. So it's about dealing with some of those problems or maybe just getting the capital that you need so that you can move forward. So absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I had a a third point here, or I guess my second point to tie into your point. So kind of tying three points in together. But um, the one I had was uh, meditating, right? So you can sit down once you have brainstormed or you've you've sat down with your group or mentor or coach and, you know, did some mindset uh, thinking here. And you can really meditate on each one of those thoughts, you know, and and really decide, you know, how do you go through it? Because when you slow down, I think sometimes and you sit with yourself and really just let your mind kind of wander and and just kind of take the, the flow that it needs to take, it'll kind of help you also see different things that you may have not picked up, uh, you know, and you can always then take it back to your mastermind group and say, hey, you know what, I was also thinking this, what do you think about these ideas? And, you know, they may not be great, that's fine, but at least it was just another way for you to think outside the box as well, right? And I think meditation is great for that. 
I have the same point as well. I just kind of put it all together because we talk about it so frequently on this show is, you know, meditating, visualizing and attaching emotion to that, to that visualization. But I totally agree. I think, you know, you can get clarity of mind and tap into maybe the spiritual energy or God or whatever it is that, that you believe through, through meditation, maybe tap into some sources of thought that you would not have occurred to you otherwise. Napoleon Hill called it the ether. The ether is the thing that's, that's out there, you know, up in the sky or up in the space or whatever you want to call it. But I mean, that's where collective conscious exists in a sense. Right. And, you know, um, if you look at anybody who's really successful nowadays as well, you know, you'll hear about them uh, talking about how they meditate, right? If you listen to someone like Deepak Chopra, he says he gets Mm. up, I believe, three o'clock in the morning to meditate for a couple hours, uh, a couple hours at the starting of his day. You know, Joel Brown, the, you know, who kind of inspired this talk here, he says he also meditates as well, right? So you're looking at people who have been around teaching for a long, long time, like Deepak Chopra, and then someone like Joel Brown, who's maybe, you know, been very influential in the industry over the last five, maybe seven years. Um, sorry if it's a little longer, I apologize. But, um, you know, he's been able to do the same thing. So he's taken the same principles that successful people have taken and applying them in his life and finding that meditation does work, right? I know uh, you're right. We do talk about it a lot in a lot of our different yes. episodes because, you know, that's something I know I myself, I practice. I believe you also practice it, David. And, you know, I, I found that it has made a huge difference for me. But, you know, I hope our listener is able to take that information and also apply that information in their own meditation so they can really find the solutions uh, that they're looking for and ways to amplify their mind and life. Well, it has immense mental and health benefits. You know, I'm not as consistent, certainly, as I would like to be, but when I was going through my anxiety disorder, for example, that was the time when I meditated a lot more and tried to make a habit out of it. Anything that I'm not doing on a regular basis, I just admit to myself that it's not yet a habit. And that sort of puts it out in front of me that, oh, I can still develop that habit. I may not have it now, but I can put it in place and begin to work towards it again, even if it's something that I lost track of somewhere down the line. So I think that's a great way for, for all of us to think, you know, it's still a habit that you can put in place, but first of all, acknowledging that it's not yet habit. Yeah, no, I love that idea because, you know, we can't make a habit right away, right? And I know there's people that say, you know, 21 days, I make a habit. And some people say it's longer. Some people say it's shorter. And, you know, however long it takes you to develop that habit, it takes you to develop that habit, right? I mean, there's no timetable. Your timetable is perfect for you, right? So, um, but same thing I did too. Like, you know, when I got sick, I got, I had uh, ulcerative colitis, uh, you know, something I've shared with you, I believe. And, you know, um, I did the same thing, right? I meditated. I really try to help my my, uh, self relax, my body relax. And in those meditations as well, I was always thinking of new ways to, you know, how could I make my body better, right? Like, how could I heal myself? That was always a, kind of the number one question I would sit down with, you know, uh, how can I reduce my stress? What kind of foods should I be eating? What should I be cutting out? You know, uh, you know, not, not that I knew what was causing it, you know, at the time. I think I have a better idea now because I've been able to really kind of look at it since I've been off of the medication, um, you know, seven years now I've been able to mm. look at it or even longer now um, and just say, you know, these are the things that cause it. My number one cause was stress, right? So I was able to at least figure out what it was. And then I actually sat down and did brainstorm and try to see what the best ways were for me to eliminate stress. Because again, for me to be off that medication for a long period of time, you know, I had to find things that were going to work. And, you know, talking to people about what I was going to implement really helped as well. 
and something to think about is not necessarily what 10 habits could I start working on immediately today. It's about picking one habit that will make a positive difference in your life and then just focusing on it on a prolonged period of time until it does become autopilot. And I think it's only because of certain habits that I am where I am today. Same with Mav, I'm sure. But, you know, there's always more room for improvement or other habits that might support our goals better in this particular season of our lives. So there's all that kind of stuff to keep in mind. Another point that I had was to use humic and fulvic acid, which is going to be controversial, but I think anything that has effect that is effective or has drastic results is always going to be controversial. You know, there's not a thing in this because people keep saying there's no miracle cure. There's no silver bullet, which is true, but there might be some things that have quite tremendous benefits and results for using. And I wouldn't suggest this unless I had tried it myself for about a 30 day period of using humic and fulvic acid and, and ingesting it. So, but I, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I can't tell you what to do. It's it's up to you to do the research and find out whether or not it's right for you to take these supplements. But I think you will find not in maybe the medical journals, but more so the personal testimonies that these things can be quite effective. Some of the benefits include, you know, better health and immune function. It boosts your digestion and nutrient absorption. It protects your cognitive health. So it obviously helps you think clearer. Also, on the point of digestion, I immediately felt a difference in my overall metabolism when I took it. It improves detoxification. It lowers free radical damage and inflammation. It improves your energy levels. Again, something I didn't feel immediately, but over time I did. And lowers your pain levels, also repairs and protects the skin. So there's a lot of different benefits there. Now, you know, I've never taken uh, these two. Um, I guess it's like a, is it like a pill or what is it like, David? Maybe give us, give us some context. It's a lot more like taking a liquid vitamin like you you would take the little spout out and put it into your mouth under your, you take it under your tongue, like 10 drops or 15 drops or, or whatever, and then kind of let it sit there. And I, I think one of the things is it's, it's sort of like, uh, I think it's the fulvic acid and not the humic acid. The fulvic acid is closer to dirt. It's like taking, it's, <laughs> it tastes a lot like dirt and it's a lot like taking dirt. So, you know, but the, the science behind it is, is quite marvelous and, and crazy. So yeah, it's just kind of that daily habit of, I think it was twice a day. No, it was once a day of, of just taking those, those, uh, not quite supplements, but acids. Right. And so why is it that it's 10 drops uh, that you have to put under your tongue? So it does your does your kind of the, the glands under your tongue kind of absorb those that liquid? Is that how it is? Or what, what kind of happens after I that? I actually haven't done the, the reading or, or research on it. My, my theory being that, you know, you it gives the liquid a chance to turn your mouth or makes it more alkalized. That's my theory, at least. Right. And I know you mentioned, you know, to the listener here, you know, definitely do your research, find out a little bit more before you yeah. take it. I fully agree. But, you know, what, what kind of research had you done prior to taking it? Did you do any? Did you kind of talk to somebody before you did that? Great question. I was actually asked to set up a website based on the, the product, which, of course, was humic and fulvic acid. You will find different companies selling it and, and packaged in different bottles and so forth. But this just happened to be a friend's website that I was setting up. And then I also published articles for them, actually wrote some articles for them. So some of that research kind of carried into it. And then, you know, he, 
he decided to send me a sample of it so I could try it out. Okay. And what do you say to people uh, about alternatives to it? Like, is there any other alternatives that people could take? Is there any food supplements that could do the same or anything? Do you know? I'm not aware that that you could necessarily. I think you can still take supplements, obviously vitamins. I think, I mean, vitamins are almost just like a necessity and they don't necessarily have a huge, for me personally, I haven't noticed like a huge humongous difference to taking vitamins over not taking vitamins. So, you know, I think we, you know, our nutritionists generally tell us there's three things to take vitamin D, uh, omegas, and, you know, a really good multivitamin supplement. So take, start there. And that's generally a good place to start for, for anybody. Again, do your research and find out if that's right for you, just in case you have allergens or other things, or maybe low quality supplements may not be great for you either. But no, I don't think there is anything else available like it. Okay. And, you know, just to maybe give the flip side, because I know, um, I don't, I've never taken these two supplements, but based on all the things that you've listed, and I'll relist them again, you know, great for gut health, great for digestion, uh, mm-hmm. protects the cognitive health, improves defo- uh, dis- detoxification, uh, f- lowers free radical damage and inflammation in the body, improves energy and uh, increases, uh, uh, I guess, energy levels and decreases pain is what I want to say, sorry, and uh, repairs and protects skin. So I know just from some of the stuff that I've done and just to kind of give a, an alternative to it, because I know not everybody's going to know what it is. So I do ask you to definitely um, take a look at what it is, do your research uh, on it. And but just to kind of give a, an alternative to it, I know I did a lot of um, just research on matcha tea, for example, right? And, mm. and you know me, mm. I'm a big tea drinker. And, you know, a lot of the things that you mentioned here were all a lot of things that matcha tea can also do now again it's all going to depend on the um, concentration right i know uh, because if you're going to be putting 10 drops under your tongue those drops are immediately absorbed by your body so the um you know the results that you're looking for are probably more instantaneous especially with you you said you were be able to, you were able to feel the the um, your body's um, immune system uh, metabolism. Inc- and me- metabolism increase as well right yeah. so uh, you know but some of the things that I also found that matcha tea also does very similar as well uh, and it definitely can uh, you know has a lot of other um, uh, you know benefits as well so look into both as an option right and just something that our listener can look at as well yeah, well, there's there's so many different things, right? When you think of detoxification, you could take tea and eat more berries. If you're thinking you want to get better cognitive health, there's you know science to suggest that that uh, ginseng can help with that. So you could go under each each one of those categories and say there are other foods or supplements that you could take to improve those areas. So definitely, it's just hard to find all those benefits in one place. Right. And it can be. And again, sometimes it's also based on concentration levels of how much, right? So that's why I think uh, it sounds to me that the humic and folic acid is probably super concentrated, right? Where I know if you're going to be drinking matcha tea, for example, you're going to probably have to drink lots more of it to have the same effects as 10 drops would, right? So, but again, just an alternative, um, you know, option for people who are listening, right? So love it. What's your next point? So my next one kind of uh, goes along with what we've been talking about. We're talking about some nutrition and stuff, right? I know we you mentioned that earlier as well, uh, but it was about getting the right brain food, right? I think mm. uh, there's so much options these days. I know we've done some episodes on food. We've done some episodes on prescription medicine and pharmaceuticals. So I think that all kind of goes together, right? I mean, uh, you kind of mentioned it earlier about eating well, right? And and I know you sometimes uh, go on a little event when I start saying something about the uh, five food groups. You kind 
kind of start uh, you kind of start going at the milk industry and and the meat just, industry just a little, yeah. just a little. But I mean, it's definitely about making the right food choices as well because you know if you understand how to get the right fats for your you know the right fats in your body through avocados or maybe coconut oil, for example, you know your your body needs those good fats to uh, for your brain to function properly, right, and to be able to then uh, use that good brain function to think better and then to meditate better and then to brainstorm better and to you know it kind of all starts I think at the at the level of eating well right what are your thoughts well I think it goes back to exactly what we just said different foods have different benefits so you know even if it's not the five food groups maybe there is a way of finding a proper balance between you know like protein and fruit and vegetables and all those other uh, elements that your body needs to not just to live, but give you energy, give you power for your mind, for your day, you know, all that kind of stuff. So absolutely. Right. And I think it is important to kind of know, because everybody's diet's going to be different. Everybody, uh, the way they you know, when they eat food, the way their food is absorbed and how their body uses the food too is going to be completely different as well, right? So I think if you know how your body reacts to certain foods, uh, you know, if you got to make a journal, then make a journal and just kind of really understand first what you're putting into your body, understand the experience you're getting uh, from that food, right? Because the goal here of this podcast is really to show you how to amplify, uh, you know, the power of your of your mind and body, right? So we want to really have you understand what you're putting in your body. Because if you're, let's say, for example, I know in North America, it is a very, high uh, meat eating um, society right I mean that's one of the things that you know especially with us living in Alberta one of the biggest industries here is the meat industry the beef and the pork industry right so that's one of the things that we're told to consistently eat Um, but again you have to really understand how does that meat and and the hormones that are in it really affect your body and then again you have to really also understand is how those hormones affecting your your you know your the chemistry of your of your brain Yeah, it may not be the best thing. I think it's good to sort of indulge or just enjoy yourself from time to time, but just don't go crazy with meat or fast food or anything else. That's not going to be great for your body, right? Yeah, no, I fully agree with that, right? I think it's just getting to know yourself. And and I know with you, you're doing the food Fridays, and Mm -hmm. but you do that as like kind of a cheat meal, right? It's it's kind of like it's your day. You go have your cheat meal. You eat good the rest of the week. Uh, I'm going to just put you on the spot and and that you are eating good (laughs) the rest of the week. Um, But that's your one day, right? And that's the same thing on Fridays. As well, me and my wife, we go out, we kind of do the same thing as you. Uh, you know, my goal is still to do some food Fridays with you. So, yeah. and then I'll still go do a food Friday with my wife. So, uh, I guess I'll have two cheap meals that day. <laughs> but, well, hey, some, <laughs> sometimes it does turn into two or three times a week as far as maybe the not healthiest options. But in general, you're right. You know, it's easy to eat well for breakfast, I find, because you can just have oatmeal or peanut butter or you could have you know, granola or something like that, or maybe a healthy cereal. Breakfast is pretty easy. Just add some fruit in there and stuff too. I think sometimes it's just lunch or supper where you're like, I feel, I feel like I want more energy and you want to load up on carbs or whatever. But I, you know, I don't have anything around here that's, that's loaded with carbs. I've got like brown long grain rice. I've got buckwheat noodles, you know, <laughs> I've got uh, the quote unquote super bread. That's mostly just, you know, actual good grains and stuff like that in it. So, you know, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on that that stuff for sure right on and you know and that's the way to do it too right and i know that's exactly kind of the, st- the way me and my wife are eating as well right you know we've cleaned out the pantry for that exact reason right. right we've tried to eliminate as much sugar as possible in our in our diet as well you know we know how sugar can affect the brain we know how sugar can affect the body you know if you're not using the extra sugar that your body's you know that you're eating and putting into your body that does turn into fat right those additional carbohydrates so you know same thing with salt we're trying to cut out all the additional salts as well and you know we did that you know starting 
recording in January, we did kind of our spring cleaning of our pantry and we threw out everything that we didn't want. And, and, and when I say throw out, we actually donated a lot of food that we didn't nice. want, right? Because, you know, just because, you know, I don't want to eat it doesn't mean somebody else can't, um, you know, benefit from it until they can make their own decision on, you know, what's right for them, right? I know uh, food banks are always looking for stuff and sometimes it's hard to find the most ethical food to give them because, mm. you know, they really are just trying to food, uh, feed the masses of people and sometimes the least unhealthiest food is what feeds the masses you know, more often than none, right? So, you know, we did what we had to, and then uh, moving forward in time, we'll continue to look for better options and ways to donate food as well. So, yeah, and just to clarify for our listeners, in case the point wasn't clear, if if you consistently eat bad, you'll probably find that your thinking is more foggy. You'll have a hard time getting up in the morning. You'll have less willpower. But if you eat well, you'll find that it actually supports your thinking, and you get clearer and all that kind of stuff. So there are multiple benefits for sure to, to eating well, not just your health or overall fitness level. I wanted to talk about using your non-dominant hand for everyday activities. Now, some of the examples I'm going to give here right away aren't necessarily everyday activities, but could be considered that. And I will give examples of more everyday activities later. But where it started for me was actually with basketball, because that was a pretty major passion of mine early on. I also liked soccer and, and baseball, and I was the kind of guy that couldn't really decide between projects. I'm still, I, I think I'm less of that guy now, but I still have a <laughs> lot of projects. There's no, no question about that. So with basketball, you don't just dribble with your right hand or your dominant hand. You also dr- dribble with your non-dominant hand. And the way I was taught in Japan, you don't just practice up and down dribbling. You you practice dribbling side to side from one hand to the next under your legs behind your back all those movements you don't just become proficient in them with one hand you become proficient in them with both hands and so that was one of my first exposures to to using my non-dominant hand and then the second one of course is guitar i mean that one's huge because you have a picking hand and a fretting hand and your fretting hand is often your non-dominant hand, which you now have to train to do some very fine movements, very difficult movements that your fingers have probably never done before prior to playing guitar. Uh, I guess even before that, typing was another skill that that certainly uses both dominant and, and non-dominant hand combinations as well. I find it's a lot easier to type, though, with, with uh, both hands or one hand versus the other than it is to, for example, play guitar, I would think, right? Yeah, it probably is easier to learn to type than to play guitar, for sure, because I only took one course in high school, and that was kind of enough. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, you can even uh, take them online right now and within a week, you'll know exactly where to put your hands, where to, you know, what hand, what finger goes to what key, you know, within a week, right? And it's a, it's a, a muscle memory kind of thing where I think guitar would, learning to play with your least dominant hand playing guitar would also be a muscle memory. It and is. I think it's a lot longer to create those uh, neuron pathways in your mind. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And music is known to create those connections between your right brain and left brain over time, which could also support your mental activities. Another thing that I still do to this day is brush my my teeth with my non-dominant hand. Obviously, that takes some getting used to, and your dentist might look at you funny when you first start doing it. They'll go, it seems like you could be brushing it better in areas. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know, using my non-dominant hand. But it's it does improve your, your memory. And I'd read an article a long time ago that, that said that. So I started implementing some of those things, and I still do them today. 
Right on. And, you know, I like the idea of using your non-dominant hand because, you know, that's the first, one of the things you do learn. I, I love the example of basketball because that's exactly mm-hmm. what I learned too, right? I know even if you're just kind of playing basketball with your buddies or if you're playing as a sports professional, you, you know, if you if you want to keep the player to the outside, you want to use your other hand, right? So your non-dominant hand t- typically to keep the ball dribbling and keep the player kind of uh, away from the ball, right? So you, if you can only dribble with one hand, well, 99% of the time, your ball, that ball will probably get stolen every single time right Um, so absolutely a great example in that right and and in order to score a basket as well you have to be able to score with your left hand and your uh, uh, right hand as well right so most times you know you don't only practice layups with your right hand you'll also typically uh, you know if you're dominant with right hand you'll also uh, practice with your left hand which may be um, not so dominant as well right so but they do want you to understand how to score baskets with each side and pass with both hands and not just the both hands or just one hand right Uh, you, you need to be agile need to be able to do all the movements that they require yeah that's exactly right What's your next point, Matt? Well, just to kind of add on to that too, just to, to talk about non-dominant hand. One of the things that uh, I went to um, a David Wolf um, about uh, I don't know seminar about maybe I don't know six months ago around roughly. And one of the things that uh, they were also doing was in a about a thirty-minute uh, you know little course that they had was a gentleman who was kind of doing and showing how to do non-dominant body movements. So it was you know just different ways of you know if you're sitting on the floor as an example, just all the different ways that you could stand up off the floor or out of mm-hmm. your chair. You know maybe using your left hand to you know push yourself off your left hand and then pushing yourself only off your right hand and then. And, you know, if your if your legs were crossed, you know, try to do maybe a uh, you know stand up by doing a twirl as you stand up, and now instead of facing one direction, you're actually going to be facing the other direction because you've had to uncross your legs, and it's really teaching your body uh, to move in different ways as well than you're than you're used to moving you know because I think most of the times we're so pattern focused right I get up off the exact same side of the bed every day I hit the alarm the same way every day you know try to do things different and sometimes that means is getting your body to do different things as well as your as your non-dominant hand yeah that's great too there's so many different ways you could Get, potentially get into that using your non-dominant hand for activities that you wouldn't normally perform with it. So yeah, just thinking about the different ways that, that you can do that is great. <laughs> so the other, um, one of the things that I think really work well with this one is um, doing puzzles or playing games. Uh, that kind of increased brain function. I found that to be kind oh. of fun too, right? Because, you know, puzzles one are just fun to do with people, right? You can have a, a thousand piece puzzle or a 5,000 piece puzzle. You know, it's going to be a really cool design. And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, we all know when you first build a puzzle, you build the outside of the puzzle first, make sure all the pieces are there. And then you start connecting uh, pieces that way, right? And you do start thinking and seeing things different ways. You start seeing shapes that connect and you start seeing, you know, uh, just small pieces of a picture that can connect as well. And, I think that can really help you increase the way you start understanding and looking at the picture and same as playing games right I know one of the the games that got really popular a little while ago on the app was that luminosity game Mm. you know a lot of it was uh, them comparing you to all the different people around the world and how you kind of measure up in how quickly you can solve puzzles or how quickly you can uh, navigate through a problem solving right so kind of a neat thing right I know same thing as if you were in math and like you were saying earlier about uh, being able just to do math from the top of your mind right it's the same type of idea right is to keep your mind fresh and looking at things a different way and doing things in a different way 
Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I think there are some studies showing that puzzles and things like that can improve. I wonder how much, you know, video games can factor into that or if they're really any good. But I guess, you know, for distraction or for just uh, entertainment, the value of video games is fairly obvious. Well, I think a game like Tetris would have probably been great back in, you know, yeah. back when it first came out because it was really about looking at different shapes and how they fit in. And, you know, as you kept moving up levels, it just get faster and faster and faster. And you had to really think on your feet. You had to look at the next piece that was going to come before you're about to put this piece down. So you had to really uh, think forward and say, okay, if I put this piece here, this the next piece is going to come. You had to see, okay, if I put this piece here, is that line going to disappear? What is it going to look like once the line disappears? Because, you know, and think and, and where's that new piece going to fit in, in, in this place, right? So I think games definitely do have a place as well. Yeah, I think that's what I was, that's what I was thinking for sure. Another point is about writing. So, I've heard so many from so many different sources, really, that writing helps you organize your mind. We've even talked about that on the podcast before. I'm pretty sure we've talked about blogging and stuff like that. So we've we've definitely chatted about writing as well. But, you know, even if it's just the fact that you can organize different subjects, different ideas, different topics into different compartments of your brain, I think is helpful in expressing yourself and creating more order in your mind because, you know, you can easily get a cluttered mind if you have too much on it. I've experienced that too with having a mortgage and having to make these payments. You know, pretty soon all my decisions were around my house and I couldn't really think of anything else when I was in, in financial desperation. So you have to be aware of the things that can also take over your mind and take over your life very quickly if you're not careful and if you don't have proper management or proper plan in place for how you're going to manage all those things. But I love writing, obviously, so it's not an easy practice. But once you get into it, I think you'll find that it definitely can help you extend your brain power. Absolutely. You know, and that's one of the first things you encouraged me, right? When I met you again, you know, I've, I've probably beaten this down uh, many times. It's the same example, but that's exactly what you encouraged me to do. I told you I wanted to, you know, start blogging and start writing and start expressing myself creatively. And the first thing you said was, Hey, start writing then. If that's what you want to do, then start doing it. And I mean, that was such a, such a simple um, thing that you said, but it was, it's, it's life changing for what I've been able to experience. You know, not only am I uh, thinking clearer, being able to put my sentences, uh, you know, just the way I want to say things on paper and in, in, in writing and you know um, it is also does help me sometimes get out what I want to say even in this podcast as well right I know sometimes yep. I have the tendency to speak a little faster and then I kind of jumble my words but I have to remind myself you know slow down and then just speak like I'm going to be writing right and the other thing I like about writing is you know you sometimes you get used to writing a certain word over and over and over again and it causes you to go and look for another word to replace that simple word that you're constantly using right so it also helps you increase your vocabulary as well. Absolutely. When I'm in my ghost writing duties, sometimes I'll find myself starting a post the same way or ending the post the same way. And if I catch myself thinking that or doing that too many times, I will make a conscious effort to change it. And then I, you know, the articles that I write subsequent to that will now be different than the ones I wrote before. So in that way, I'm all, all always evolving. And then also always thinking about synonyms or different ways of expressing and saying the same things. And some of that's also dictated by technology in a way, because the latest version of Word will now support you in using the fewest words possible as 
because you write your document. So you might take out a lot of excess that kind of kind of filler words or stop words and get to the point quicker, which is also good for copywriting. But it really depends on what you're trying to say. It's not always best to have the fewest words possible or to take their suggestions literally. But in many cases, taking some of those suggestions will help you simplify your writing. Right on. And you know, one of the things I, I enjoy about writing too is kind of, kind of goes by what you've told me, kind of what you're doing, kind of your writing thought process as well, especially when you're saying you're ghostwriting uh, or, or um, freelancing for other mm-hmm. people, right? So um, is, is kind of how a, an author writes as well, right? I mean, when you start reading what the author's writing, especially if you're reading fiction or nonfiction, you can really start getting into the mindset of the author and start really seeing how they're developing these characters in their own writing as well. And I think when you start thinking from the other's perspective, not just reading what the author's writing, but start thinking about how the author's writing, maybe why they chose a certain word yeah. or a certain, um, uh, you know, a location for where their, you know, the story takes place, you can now start also finding ways to improve the way you write, the way you think, and and uh, really start uh, you know expanding your mindset and changing the way you think as well. That was something I actually wrote about recently, which was to look at the. I think it was on the music industry how-to blog. I don't know if the post is up yet, but I think it was about improving your writing as a musician. So that was one of the things I said was don't just pay attention to sort of the rhythmic qualities of the writing or the exact words or the sentences, but also pay it. And those things are important, but also pay attention to the way they're formatting their article or book, what subheadings they're using or how they're using their subheadings. Some people are more effective at that than not. And it changes the way people read your article or book or ebook or whatever it is. I've had some books in my library that don't use subheadings effectively and have huge chapters that are not broken up by paragraph or anything. So I I would say pay attention to the format. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And if you're, you know, if you're blogging or if you're podcasting and, you know, you're doing, having transcripts and stuff, make it easy for people to consume, right? That's one of the things that we're starting to learn. So yeah, you're right. You know, have the proper subheadings and the titles in place and have the right amount of uh, sentence spaces and the right paragraphs. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. You know, don't make them really super lengthy, really make them easy to consume. And one of the things I was just actually just read a little while ago, uh, and once I find the article, I'll uh, I'll let you know, but um, it was if you want to learn how to write better, uh, read magazines, right? Mm-hmm. So typically oh, yeah. reading a magazine, it, it does give you a better structure as well. I mean, reading a book is great for you. I mean, you'll definitely be able to pick out a lot, but it's, you know, it's more of a long-term kind of reading where a magazine is very short-term. Uh, you know, maybe the article might be about seven to eight pages long maximum typically, you know, usually typically one or two pages uh, or even a half a, you know, half a paragraph, just like if you're reading the newspaper. Not like I suggest to read the newspaper, but if you're looking for a way to write or a style of writing, those are great places to go as well. And the great thing about magazines is typically their headlines. There's so much you can learn from just studying and looking at the various headlines they use for their articles. Oftentimes it's those top 10 lists, right? Like 77 ways to lose fat by Thanksgiving or, you know, some article like that. I mean, I'm sure that's a title that exists or <laughs> similar to a title that that's out well, there. We can go on BuzzFeed and find out, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> BuzzFeed's another good place. But if you're looking for another source of inspiration, I think mag- magazines are a great way to find effective headlines. Yeah, they're, you know, they're supposed to draw in the reader, right? Just why, same thing, right? If, you, if you're sitting in any grocery store, you're buying anything, you know, you look over, you'll see the National Enquirer and, and it's always those catchy titles, right? Elvis just had your baby. It's just like, mm-hmm. and you, it, it draws you to want to know more. It's like, well, how is that possible? Or how did that happen? And, and people want to know more, right? So yeah, absolutely. If you're going to be writing, you do want to have that catchy title out there that, that intrigue people to want to know more. 
You got it. Do you have any other points there, Matt? I got two more, so hopefully we still got some time for them. Uh, we can go a little faster. But one of them I've, was. I've got one more as do well. You, so we got three more, three more things. So yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully one of these will tie into each other. <laughs> uh, you know, one of them was uh, getting uh, REM sleep. You know, getting ah. the right amount of sleep, the right kind of sleep. You know, just because you're sleeping, you know, six to eight hours a day, doesn't mean you're getting the right kind of sleep. It is getting into a better. A deeper sleep right where you actually have time to rest and allows your brain to get into a dreaming pattern i know when i have you know i typically i typically tell you my dreams too sometimes because they're just that vivid i, I know them i actually start writing my dreams down a little while ago as of this podcast you know i've had um about a week straight of dreaming and i haven't you know i've been they've been very vivid they've been very easy for me to remember what they are <clears throat> you know i share them with my wife i tell them what, what they mean and i try to figure that out right and because I'm able to get the right amount of sleep. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, meditating as well, because, um, you know, I, I find myself in a more relaxed state of mind, which allows me then not to be so stressed out. And then, you know, I mean, I'm able to even problem solve in my dreams. I know a lot of people have experienced that yes. where they're able to, you know, find solutions, right? And, um, you know, I've been able to find solutions on things that weren't really working or really didn't know what I was trying to accomplish. And then, you know, I go to sleep a couple nights and later, I, I have a dream which kind of answers the question I've been looking for, right? And I mean, we've all had dreams which make absolutely no sense to us. And, you know, that's maybe because we don't understand how to interpret that dream. Uh, obviously, there's always some sort of message in there. You have to sometimes take yourself out of the picture, or out of sight of that dream to really understand what that dream is really trying to say. Well, it's like I said before, it's not just about the quantity of rest that you get, but rather the quality of the rest you get. And that depends on who you are you know, you're going to have to try different things and experiment and figure out what really recharges you and gives you the energy you need. But for me, for example, and I think what I'm, the concept that I'm about to talk about is universal. It's just that the way in which you arrive at that point is going to be different for everybody, which is getting into your flow state. That's a great way to unlock the full power of your mind. The way it happens for me, oftentimes it's weird, but it's just, I've observed over time. These are the ways in which I kind of get into that flow where time seems to stand still. And I am focused on the one thing that I'm doing. One of them is just going to the bookstore and, and browsing the magazines. And if I get engrossed in, in, in pictures or the, the article or whatever, it doesn't really matter what the topic is that much. I will soon find my flow state at the magazine rack. Another way is just to do my work at a coffee house as opposed to home. I'm still having trouble finding my flow state at home. So, you know, I'm still experimenting to see if, if it's possible for me to achieve that here. But finding my flow state at a coffee shop is not that difficult. Oftentimes I will spend a half an hour reading or something. And as I become more excited and inspired by what I'm reading, as long as it is actually inspiring me, then I'll begin to find my flow state and when you're in that flow state, I mean, you're just, you're a happier person and you get more done more productively. Absolutely. And, you know, you've hit it on the nose, right? It's not always doing the work in the exact same location every single time, right? Mm -hmm. like, even when I read at home, for example, I'll read on the couch, I'll read on my uh, kitchen table, I'll read in bed sometimes, I'll read at my workspace, desk, and, you know, I'll try to find different locations. I'll go for coffee and uh, go read a book as well. Sometimes I'll go to the library. I really do try to find different places um, because, again, if you continue to sit in the same place, you know, and, and think that you're going to continue to read and learn, sometimes, yeah, it does work. And, 
you know. Um, but sometimes it's nice to get out of that comfort zone and go elsewhere because, again, you never know, one, who you'll run into. Two, you don't know the kind of experience that you may get by going to a different location uh, as well, right? And sometimes even, you know, for, for example, you mentioned the coffee shop. Typically at a coffee shop, they are going to be playing some light music in the background. Yep. And while you're reading and listening to that light music, you might be having uh, different thoughts being triggered in the back of your mind. And just to kind of tie it back, you know, for dreaming for a second, when you have those um, uh, thoughts, you're not necessarily thinking about those thoughts, but those answers will come to you in your dream as well, right? And also makes a huge difference based on where you go uh, during your day. I think you're right. Yeah, with a coffee shop, it is partly about the background noise, not just the music, but also the people. And then also the smell. The smell kind of bombards you and, and kind of livens you up in a way too. Well, the nice thing about the coffee too is coffee actually cleans out your palate, right? Your, mm. your sensory palate too, right? So if you ever go to like, a, for example, a, a store where you're smelling different colognes, for example, they'll always get you to smell coffee beans because it cleans out that uh, your sensory palate. So you can always smell the different notes and the perfumes or the colognes, right? So, mm. I mean, going to a coffee shop and sitting there for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever you choose to uh, can definitely help clean that out uh, clean out your palate great one thing I jotted down was mind mapping so the way mind mapping works it's basically like spider diagrams if you ever did those in school or whatever before if not you've probably been cheated and basically it's this whole idea of you start with a central topic you put it at the middle of a page or your whiteboard or whatever draw a circle around that word and then begin to create you know branches off of each of those so that that's like a really great way to think about i find business as well i could have marketing as the central circle and then begin to think about the various branches of marketing whether it's social media email blogging and then there's probably branches off of those as well so that process of mind mapping they say it's better than lists like writing down to-do lists because it's actually the way your brain thinks so even when you're writing to-do lists another way to or just an alternative way to write those to-do lists for yourself is to use mind mapping instead of just sequential lists which is not the way your mind thinks mind maps is the way your mind thinks Right on. And you know, I love that idea. I've never maybe I've heard, never heard the word the way you've explained it. And I love the way you've explained it. Because, um, you know, great going back to our first point about brainstorming, it really works in nicely with that. True. And you know, I like the idea of saying, you know, if, if I'm looking at a business and say, you know, if I have a, uh, a marketing department, and then I can brainstorm all the different ways I can market and list all those under there. And then you look at, you know, for example, uh, human resources if that's part of my business and I can look at yeah. all the different ways I can brainstorm on creating a great human resource department and same thing for all the different you know uh, research and development or whatever your businesses are right so I, I love that idea of being able to first put it out and then expanding on each one of those points I don't like it be so it does become like a spider web and then you just kind of you know go to your list or your mind map after uh, from what I gather is then you start at one circle at one line one point and start working on each one of those mm -hmm. uh, and then as you go through that circle, you may come up with new ideas and new uh, new ways of looking things. Uh, and the nice thing is to, is being able to take that mind map to your coach or mentor and say, hey, what do you think? You know, this is what I came up with. What else? You know, what am I missing? What else can we add to this? What can we take away from this? How can we do it better? You know, and that person can help you. That's great. And there are softwares out there that can help you create mind maps as well. I think XMind is actually free, and I've used it before. Even just as like blog diagrams, it can help people see a concept or understand a concept better by providing that extra graphical representation of what I might be explaining in my article. Right on. No, I love it. And you know, I'm going to write, I wrote that down myself and I'm going to go check out that uh, app as well. It's pretty cool.
What's your last point? So my last one, I know you've been waiting on this one. I kind of waited to the end. Um, <laughs> you know, this is an article that I read by Dave Asprey uh, a couple months back. And, you know, the article was called uh, 13 Nootropics uh, that uh, 13 Nootropics to Unlock Your True Brain, right? And you know, those are kind of some of the things that we had talked about actually on some of the other episodes as well. But the idea of nootropics such as, you know, it could be something uh, like caffeine, right? It's considered like a smart drug. They make mm. you, you know, more alert. They make you smarter. They get you to think a little different, uh, you know, and it's, it's things like L-thinanine uh, found in matcha tea, for example, you know, kind of mm. going back to what we were talking earlier, those are also considered uh, nootropics as well. So it's another way to enhance your mindset and make you think. Uh, different herbs such as uh, ginseng and uh, ginkgo biloba. I hope I said that right. Uh, biloba? Something like Something that. Something like that, right? I'm not, uh, you know, I, I don't know how to say it. Uh, <laughs> but I think our hopefully our listener knows, I guess, the idea there. We'll just call it ginseng and uh, ginkgo. Um, but, you know, taking those herbs over a long period of time can also have the same effects as as uh, some of these um, drugs that people are taking, right? But they are going to give you a more positive, uh, you know, like fish oils, for example. They say it's brain food, right? So uh, to, in, in, to ingest something like that. Now, I know this is going to be a little controversial uh, because I did bring this up last time as well. In one of our other talks, we talked about you know there's a lot of people now in uh, Silicon Valley who are Valley who are doing you know just a little bit of LSD um, you know just to go to work and then be able to think outside the box right they really want to open up different channels in their mind and get them to see things in a different way you know problem solve in a different way and it's pretty controversial right because I mean LSD has been around uh, at least since the 60s that I know of where people were taking it and they were really going and taking that to really experience different kinds of maybe outer body experiences they were also perhaps taking a lot more than what uh, some of these silicon valley uh people are taking right so what are your thoughts on that david well i was just watching you know frank zappa documentary last night and it's this is the reason why it was triggered because of what you're referencing there but you know frank zappa said i've tried uh, you know i've had like seven joints in the last 10 years or something like that and he said none of it actually helped me think broader or you know, made me aware of different channels or different ways of thinking. So I guess it just depends on the person. Some people totally just take that LSD or whatever it is, which we're not advising, we're not condoning or necessarily telling telling you to or telling you not to. But, the, you know, for some people, maybe that helps. And for, for other people, it doesn't open anything at all for them. Right. And, you know, just to kind of go back to that, right, there's a difference between uh, if we're going to talk about, for example, marijuana, right, there's a very big difference between smoking marijuana. Yeah. And now with, you know, with the all the changes that have been happening in Canada and all the changes that are happening in the United States, you know, with them legalizing a lot of this stuff, there's a lot of different strains out that were not out at one point. So now that they've been actually been able to develop, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's all chemically developed because, uh, you know, I, I remember when I was, you know, 18, 17, 18, there was, you know, you, you smoke a joint, you smoke a joint. Now, here, they have different kinds of strains. If you want to be happy, they'll have a strain for that. If you want to kind of go on a mind trip, they'll have one for that. They want to relax, they'll have one for that as well, right? So there's so many different kinds now. So not that I know, I don't know if Frank Zappa is even around. Is he still around? No, he's not. Okay, so he's passed away. So yeah. if he was if he was still around and he had access to maybe some of these edibles, for example, I'd love to know what his perspective would have been on that because, you know, he would have maybe been able to experience something completely different than what he was, you know, smoking, smoking marijuana, right? I know uh, 60s and 70s and 80s, the drug back then was very different than it is today. I think with the kind of music he was creating, it's just that a lot of people assumed he was on something because <laughs> it was really strange and different music, but it was super cool as well. Uh, this is also the kinds of things they talked about on the Tropical NBA podcast. There was one episode in particular, I don't remember who it was, but it was a blogger who had tried a lot of these different things, nootropics, drugs, 
finding optimal times to drink caffeine so that you actually get the benefit of the caffeine like i guess he was saying that the optimal time to take it which seems almost obvious really is when you when you have a crash so when you're at the lowest point of your tiredest point that's the best time to take caffeine and that can heighten your senses i mean we all take caffeine in the states i can't imagine but most of their beverages even orange juice are filled with caffeine in canada not as much but i think we are headed in that direction for sure i think we had a law saying it was only energy drinks or caramel colored drinks that were allowed to have caffeine here in Canada versus the States. And I think that law is perhaps beginning to change somewhat in in Canada as well to facilitate the proliferation of more caffeine, but used well or used effectively or used sparingly, not overuse can actually be beneficial to uh, to your thinking process right on and you know and that's kind of where i'm as well right i'm not in the not into doing lsd and stuff so i again yeah. i don't even recommend people to do that personally because from what i've heard and the stories i've heard people tell me they can get stuck in really bad trips uh you know because it's a chemical it's a it's a it's a man-made chemical that people have put together and you're trusting somebody to say you know what i made this perfect i didn't overdo any one uh, compound it's all going to work very well with you right but again we don't really know how that's going to react. Again, everybody's different, right? So I never personally recommend that. I know you don't either. Uh, but again, we can't tell you what to do and what not to do. Well, it's just like humic acid and full of acid. And it's also just like superfoods, right? The verdict is not in as far as like, do, do superfoods really help and and actually provide health benefits or, or not? So, you know, it's this it's the same level of controversy as some of the other things that, we, that we've talked about. The point being that, you know, you can do your research, you can find out for yourself, you can try it out yourself if you feel adventurous, or, you know, if it feels like the right thing for you to do for your body and your for your health and for your life right now. We just don't want to do any Thing to ourselves. I'm sure Mav and myself, we don't want to do anything to ourselves that's going to have long-term pain or harm attached to it and to, to live a long, healthy life to the extent that we're able. So That's correct. And and you said it well, right? And that's why I, I go towards the herbs instead, right? Like stuff like ginseng and, and yeah. uh, uh, ginkgo biloba. I'll try that again. Uh, you know, and that's why I drink a lot of tea and matcha teas. And we, you know, I've been to different uh, super stores that sell superfoods and myself and my wife will pick them up and we'll incorporate those into our life, right? You know, just same thing as going back to our pharmaceutical uh, conversation, right? It's, you're going to have to spend your money on something. So why not spend your money on things that could potentially make you healthier than stuff that's, you know, going to maybe get you more addicted down the road, right? So that's always been our thought process. And there's also, for our friends in the States, there's way more available to you guys than there is to us in terms of supplements, nootropics, some of the drugs as well. We don't have all that stuff up here. Just as something as simple as I think it was fermented cod liver oil that I was looking for because it supposedly has properties to help your teeth remineralize. And that was something that I was experimenting with and, and trying for a while. I might actually go back to trying again just to see if I can actually naturally remineralize my teeth more so than you know relying on dentists, although dentists are you know necessary. We do need them and everything. But, uh, you know, that that was one of the things that I couldn't get in Canada. I could get it in the States. So at this point, we have stuff like reship.com so that we can get it crossing the border and we have someone managing it down there. We're just going to pay more for it. I actually had some energy drinks shipped from the States not long ago just to experiment and try it out. I actually enjoyed them very much. But, you know, you have more 
available to you. So it's just about doing the research and finding the right things. I love it. You know, you said it very well. And I think once you do your research, you'll find out again what's right for you. You'll figure out your diet. And, uh, you know, the listeners will, you know, I think find ways to amplify themselves, uh, you know, not just in uh, who they are today, but it's also who you want to be down the road, right? And I think we've given uh, over 10 examples here to really show you how you can, you know, apply just one of the examples and start, you know, moving in the direction that you're looking to move in and uh, find that success right away. That's great. Do you have any other thoughts, Matt? Uh, you know, I don't have any more points. So, I mean, uh, I'll kind of give you my 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 two cents on this. You know, uh, if you want to amplify your life, I believe you got to first hang out with the right people, be positive, you know, read good books, meditate, uh, listen to audio programming that will mm-hmm. expand your mind. Uh, you know, not just uh, in one uh, aspect, right? Don't, don't just listen to stuff or read stuff about, you know, self-development. Really start venturing out of your comfort zones. Read about stuff that you wouldn't typically read about. So read about world history. If that's something you don't like, well, go read about it, right? Because it'll get you thinking a little bit different, right? If you're, you don't really understand different religions, well, go read about those different religions. Start understanding people around you. And I think as soon as you start understanding people around you, uh, not only do you um, expand who you are today, you also start finding ways to relate to people at your work or in your business. Uh, And, um, you know, especially if you're blogging, you'll find different ways to uh, interact with those people as well. Yeah. And one thing that just occurred to me was spirituality that could potentially be for some people, something that expands their mind or something that maximizes their, their mind power. Depends on who you ask, depends on the examples that you look at in the world. But I'll just give the example of Joseph Prince, who said he, he you know, is a pastor of a major church in Singapore. Yeah, I think it's Singapore. So he, he says he used to be a stutterer and he couldn't speak in front of people and it made him really nervous. Today, he's a pastor of a major church. He speaks, you know, practically every Sunday, even makes guest appearances at like Joel Osteen's church and stuff like that. So, you know, your life can change. I don't know if it's as a result of spirituality or if it was just the, you know, the power of, of the mind, of the will to, to change and to want to change. I couldn't tell you whether, whether, you know, it's one or the other, but exploring spiritual concepts may open up your mind to new possibilities as well. Right on. And just kind of my final thought is just kind of, uh, you know, get some feedback from our listener, right? So, uh, you know, download the the course that we put on um, usingyourpower.com. You know, um, leave us a message on iTunes and let us know what you guys think about our episode as well as... um, you know, you can definitely go to our website and at the bottom uh, right-hand corner, you can actually click our, um, M- what is it, uh, MSN Messenger? Or it, it's it? it's just Messenger, so it's actually the Facebook app. Sorry, the Facebook Messenger. There you go. You can click on that one and you can connect with us right away and, of course, like our Facebook page and uh, leave us some comments on there as well. We'd love to read those out on our show. Absolutely. We'd love for you to interact with us that way. And the, the course that Mav referred to there is 10 simple ways to unleash your personal power. So the way you find that right now, anyway, on our website is to just open up a blog post or a podcast episode, then scroll down towards the bottom just before the comments, but like above the transcription or description or whatever we have in in the show notes. And if you just click on that, you can download the free audio course, 10 simple ways to unleash your personal power. All right, this has been David Andrew Weeb and Moving Cora. Find us online at usingyourpower.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day.